Hello everyone and welcome to episode 17 of the Everyday Enthusiast Podcast, a roller coaster of emotions. I am Chris, your Everyday Enthusiast, and here are some of the things that interested me the most over the last week. Now before we get started, I just wanted to say that this podcast is available on your favorite podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Overcast, and many others. If you want to like, rate, and subscribe, that would be greatly appreciated. I can also be reached at everydayenthusiastpodcast at gmail.com. No dots, dashes, or spaces. Again, that's everydayenthusiastpodcast at gmail.com. All right, on with the show. Okay, so first up is the fun section here, follow-up, updates, and notes. There's only one thing to talk about here, and it's a bit perplexing for me. All right, believe it or not, this podcast takes some time to put together. I actually script everything that is said for for the most part um, and it's a bit time consuming and with a child and some other responsibilities potentially increasing it's going to decrease that time that i have now to put into doing the show so i'm either going to have to pull out uh or, or sorry put out less uh episodes uh or talk about less topics maybe stop doing the show altogether or spend less time putting the show together, period. So to that last point, I tried to do a couple of dry runs of the first couple topics without taking any notes and just let myself ramble uh, and come up with comments on the fly. It did not go all that well, okay? Uh, I fumbled over my words a lot and had to stop and restart quite a bit. So. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do that unless I just practice a lot and slow down, which I'm actually trying to do right now. I think the main problem is that my brain just runs a little bit faster uh, or at a faster pace than my mouth can keep up. So unless that is I have the thoughts laid out in front of me on the page for me to just read and, and whatnot. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do here. I definitely don't want to quit the show altogether. It's so much fun uh, to put together, uh, but something is going to have to change. So we'll see. I, I really don't know. Okay, to, so to start off our topics here today, we have some more 2019 iPhone news. There are two links I'm going to talk about here. The first is in reference to a report that is saying that we are going to see the lightning port remain on the iPhones this year. And another thing that will remain is the five watt charging brick. So let's break this down one at a time. The charging brick fiasco just kills me. Almost every other Android phone you can buy ships with a fast charging brick in the box or at least faster than five watts. Yet Apple makes you fork over more money for a larger brick that will get the same results that are come bundled in the box with a lot of Android phones, okay? And that's on top of the iPhones costing more than those Android phones in the first place. This is something that should have been done uh, or should have been resolved years ago. Uh, well, I, you know, I say years ago, but maybe at least a year or two, maybe even three years ago, okay? Now, personally, this is not going to affect me. I use an iPad charger most of the time, well, sometimes, and most other times I have an Anchor 4-watt charging brick that you know it has a four-port 
actually four ports in it so you can plug in four devices at one time and i believe it's a 40 watt brick i could be wrong about that it might only be an 18 uh, but I'm not sure at any rate it's a lot lot faster than what Apple ships in the phone or in the box with the iPhones um, you can get those on Amazon uh, anchor Aki or a couple of different brands they make some good products but it still just irks me I just feel nickel and dimed to death by Apple and again I'm a hypocrite I'm on their stuff right now I know that it, it it, it hurts me that that is the case too, but for what it's worth it, I, I mean, I just, I just really, really feel that Apple should be uh, shipping us a faster charging brick than a five watt, five watt brick. Okay. The lightning port on the other hand is no surprise here. I have said multiple times that I don't expect them to switch the iPhone this year or even next year for that matter, even though they should USB-C is faster and more powerful and would allow for more function. But what are you going to do? Okay. The second link here is actually in reference to that USB-C issue. Uh, Mac Rumors put out some polls on Facebook and Twitter asking their readers if they wanted Lightning or USB-C on the next iPhones. And on Facebook, 72% of the respondents said USB-C. And on Twitter, 75% said USB-C. Now, I'm not saying this is conclusive that the people want USB-C here, but there were over 10,000 thousand respondents on Facebook that responded and over 20,000 on Twitter. That's a hell of a lot of people that would prefer the switch. So at any rate, okay, moving on here, we might as well stick with the Apple news to start the, the episode. So this is an update on the iPad mini five, giving us further evidence that the body will remain the same, but the internals could change. I say could because there is no actual evidence to tell us anything about the internals at this point. Uh, we might see the A10 or the A10X chip. I honestly can't remember what chip is in it right now. It could even be the A8 or A9 maybe, I'm not really sure. And maybe Apple Pencil support. I personally think these two are a given, but who knows, especially since I'm guessing this is going to be aimed at the education market. And I'm hoping all of this for a great price. And again, because it is going to be aimed, I believe at the education market, they have to offer this at a good price so that it makes sense for these schools to buy them in bulk for their students. All right, moving right along here to continue with the Apple non-news, if you will. Uh, we have a video in the link here from 9to5Mac with uh, an iOS 13 concept video. I have linked to a couple of these in the past, so I'm not going to spend a bunch of time talking about it here. Just check it out. These independent designers are doing some amazing work. I know there's a big difference between, you know, what people can think up in their heads and what can actually be done. But I mean, let's be real with software these days, almost anything can be done if you have the right coders and, and uh, you know, whatever you know working on this stuff it is possible and apple i've said this in the past apple should be hiring a lot of these people if you got all of these concept artists to to work together man the stuff that they could come up with so at any rate check it out it's very very cool and a nice transition here to the next topic this is some apple slash google design 
update news. I can't remember if we talked about Google updating the voice app on iOS or not, but it is here. And this time I got it. Uh, it's not a huge change, but I like it. The icons are a little different. At the bottom, there is a search bar at the top and the chat bubbles look a little bit different. Again, it's subtle, but it's a nice change. Uh, I'm not sure I did make the comment last week that the reason I like these app update changes is because it makes the old feel new again. And when you're talking about an app that you use every single day, all day, that makes a huge, huge difference. Another Google app update for iOS is Gboard. So this is Google's third party keyboard replacement on iOS. Uh, and the update just a couple days ago added haptic feedback when typing. This is a small change for many, and I know that a lot of Android people will not even bat an eye because they've had this from, from day one almost of Android. But for me, this is amazing. I have wanted Apple to give us this option for as long as I have been using an iPhone. And that has been since the iPhone 4. I was on Verizon for a long time before the iPhone was available on Big Red and I had an Android. Uh, this was back when Android was, let's face it, not that great. But the thing I loved was the haptic feedback when typing on the keyboard. It was the thing I missed the most when I switched to iOS. There are third other third-party keyboards that offer this on iOS, but they are usually paid apps. And while I have not, uh, I have no problem paying for good apps to keep developers in business and updating their apps, a third-party keyboard is just not one of those apps for me that I was willing to pay money for. So I know that's a little greedy of me, but uh, this is an amazing update. If you really like that tactile feel, and we've talked about this a hundred times, I am a big, big fan of mechanical keyboards. Not that this is anything like that. I've actually uh, heard this compare this update compared to mechanical keyboards not even in the slightest, but it is a very, very cool update. If you can get used to the button placement, it's just slightly different. It does take some getting used to, but the learning curve for me was, oh, I don't know, a day and a half. So anyways, check it out. Very, very cool if you're on iOS. Okay, and our last Apple-related story of the day, uh, the linked YouTube video that I'm gonna put in here is from Renee Ritchie, uh, he has a daily video podcast, if you will, on YouTube called Vector. And this is talking about iMessage on Android. Look, just watch the video. Apple will never do this. Personally, I believe that they will never do this because if they did, I would jump ship in a heartbeat to Android. And I know that they don't care about little old me, but I think there are many of me out there and are many like me out there, and all of us collectively, they do care about. The only argument that can be made for them doing this is to bolster their services revenue. And uh, if they are offering this on Android users or to Android users for maybe a monthly or a yearly fee, I think they would see a lot of money from that. I'm, I, I really think there's a lot of Android users that would jump to iOS as their kind of default texting service or app, if you will, but I still think that it's too much of a lock-in for Apple to consider. 
Okay, moving on completely from Apple is our seventh topic here today. This is from Android Central. The link uh, is talking about apparently last year, as in 2018, OnePlus, you know, giving us the OnePlus 1 and 2 and 6T and blah, blah, blah and whatnot. OnePlus is ranked or was ranked as one of the top five in the high-end smartphone brands in the United States. Now, let's keep in mind that in this case, high-end refers to companies that sell smartphones at, uh, what is it, $500 or more. Now, that's a big range when you're also talking about Apple, whose cheapest flagship phone starts at $999. Nonetheless, this is crazy news. Um, OnePlus started out selling a good phone for $250, if my memory serves me right, in 2014. And while their phones, you know, are starting to get a bit higher now at, uh, what, 549 I think is the cheapest you can get their, their newest phone. It's still crazy to think that in just five years, they went from not a company at all to one of the top five high-end, quote-unquote, high-end brands in the United States. My disclaimer here is that I have never used a OnePlus phone. I know I talk about them uh, quite a bit here and in a positive light, but that's just because I, I've always... Um, I have always rooted for the underdog and I kind of see them as a bit of an underdog. At any rate, uh, I still think this is very cool news and good for them. Okay, and now for some less up uplifting news here. All right, so apparently Amazon has bought Eero. Eero is the mesh router company uh, in that you get, well, what mesh router is, is that you get a set of three devices that act as one big spread out router for larger houses and areas in a nutshell. I mean, this is not exactly how it works, but you get the idea. And they were a smaller company. <sighs> okay. So I just have a word here. It just says rant as in, you know, I don't know. I'm telling myself to just go on a rant here. Look, many are saying that this is depressing. And I'm not even going to get into how Amazon will at some point in the future want to monitor all the things that you do on the internet to quote unquote better serve you ads and offers. Okay, what I do want to quickly touch on is how everything in our tech lives, which nowadays is to say our lives overall, is owned and controlled by huge corporations and namely the big five. Uh, it, what is it? Apple, Google, Amazon, Facebook, and Microsoft. And that's just sad, really. I, I mean, if you if you really think about it, there are hand there are a handful of smaller companies out there trying to do new and exciting things. Eero was one of them. Like I said before, um, they were first to this whole mesh network market, if you will, like the the commercially offered mesh router mesh network. Uh, devices that you could buy. They were kind of first, if I'm not mistaken. But we continually see these small, innovative companies get bought up by big ones. Sure, they are going to have a lot more money and resources at their disposal, but at what cost? Well, in my opinion, it's at the cost of the bottom line of whatever company buys them. And I would argue that in many cases, the innovation goes away because at that point, they take 
the headline feature of whatever the product or service was. Sure, they make it better, maybe, and then implement it into their own products or services. But at that point, that large company is only interested in using that to grow revenue. Innovation takes risk, okay? Risk of breaking things and failing. And those big companies don't want to and can't fail because failing at that level means losing money. And losing money means you know, less profits and dividends for shareholders and everything. And then their, their company stock falls. I mean, it's just a, it's just, it just continues. It's a, it's a whirlwind of things. So at any rate, Eero may have gone on to try something completely different in the future, but now I don't see that happening. And it's just a huge, huge bummer. If you ask me, all right. So let's spin back positive a little bit here. This is a very, I say cheeky, but I think this is kind of a fun topic next. Something a little, like I said, uplifting to follow up the whole Euro thing. Um, so uh, the link here is from Gizmodo. And uh, what is this? Pac-Man in your pocket. So, okay, sure. You have been, or this has been a thing for a long time, right? You can do Game Boy and... Uh, you can do a lot of these, uh, games on your phone or whatnot. Uh, and, and for actually, <laughs> you know, for some of you that might be listening, you have been able to do this for your entire lives for a few of us that are a little bit older. Um, not so much. All right. <laughs> you know, Game Boy was revolutionary and anyway, anyway, that's a, a bit of a side tangent, but so this is slightly different, okay? This is just a fun link to an article about a credit card sized playable game or a couple of them, namely Pac-Man, Tetris, and Missile Command. We have talked time and time again that anything miniaturized gets my thumbs up. Um, and these are not out yet, but uh, I believe that when they are, they're gonna be available at major retailers like Target and Amazon. And essentially it is, literally the size of a credit card obviously a little thicker i think it's probably going to be the thickness of maybe three or four maybe five cards so pretty thick but you know it's got a battery on there it's got a full um full color screen display and physical buttons you know a d-pad a directional pad and a one and two buttons um very, very cool. I really highly, I think that I'm probably, if I, if I'm standing at the checkout, I think it says this in the, uh, in the link that I'm going to link to here. But if I'm standing in the checkout and I'm walking through and I see one of these things just kind of hanging there, I'm going to have a hard time not, uh, not picking it up for tw I think tw they said 20 or $25. I'm really trying to save money lately. I keep saying that over and over and over. I have to, to remind myself that I shouldn't be making these ridiculous purchases. That's not a lot of money, but I don't know. It's just so, so fun. Okay. And back to some disappointment. All right. Uh, I don't think we have talked about the leaks of Sony's upcoming Xperia, Xperia 10 phones. Now I'm not going to say much here. I will save most comments for the release and hopefully after I have had some time to look at them and hold them maybe in a carrier store or something like that. But one thing I do want to comment on here, um, it was leaked. Let me give a little bit of background information. It was leaked that um, there's going to be two variants, uh, a smaller and a larger, 
and they're going to be super, super tall, like nine by 21. A lot of phones right now are 18 by nine, I think. I believe. Uh, don't quote me on that. I'd have to look it up. But these are going to be 21 by 9. Very tall, very narrow. Uh, could feel really, really good. But at any rate, what I want to talk about here is the naming of these devices. Now, um, I know that, that this seems like a small item, but to me, it's not. All right. We know this and you'll understand why in just a second. So most phone companies have their regular sized phone and then their plus phone. Apple with the iPhone 10s and the 10s max which they used to call plus the, the max variant they used to call plus instead of max and then they changed it for whatever reason and samsung with their galaxy s and galaxy galaxy s plus um but sony has always went in a different route they had their regular size phone or their regular phone that they just called the xperia i don't know zx4 whatever three four whatever and then the compact phone which always came in at a smaller size than almost any other phone on the market, even though that smaller phone was still around five inches. Okay, I, I'm I'm a little biased, but I don't know that that's really small. At any rate, but now they are just going to have the Xperia 10 and the 10 Plus. My only comment here is this. The move away from the regular and compact to the now regular and plus makes me believe we won't be getting a compact size and that the smaller one is not going to be all that compact. This is a huge bummer if you ask me. I've said time and time again, there is so few options out there for people that want smaller footprint phones. And those are just going away more and more and more. And these Xperia phones, which, okay, I'd never had one. I didn't buy one. Maybe I should have to, you know, vote with your wallets, right? Uh, but at any rate, it's just sad to see that um, this is one less option that people have for a smaller phone. And to add to that is our last article link here. Android Authority put up a poll on Twitter last week asking their readers what Pixel phones they wanted, assuming that the Pixel 3 Lite phones are coming and there was going to be a regular and an XL version of those as well. And basically the results showed that most people want the bigger variants. Nothing new here really. I guess I'm just trying to read all that I can in terms of these larger phones um, and just come to terms with the fact that I am not going to get the smaller flagship phone of my dreams. Okay. All right, folks, that is all for today. As always, I can be reached at everydayenthusiastpodcast at gmail.com. No dots, dashes, or spaces. Again, that's everydayenthusiastpodcast at gmail.com. You can find the show notes at everydayenthusiastpodcast.tumblr.com. As I said before, this podcast is available on your favorite podcast platforms, including, including Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, and Overcast. Please like, rate, and subscribe. And until next time, stay enthusiastic.